You're listening to the Bride Chilla Podcast, helping bride chillas and groom chillas plan their wedding minus the bullshit. One podcast at a time with your host, Alicia McCormack. That is me, that is I. Thank you so much for tuning in and taking the time to subscribe to the Bride Chiller Podcast. I am Alicia and uh, today's episode is all about alcohol, as Homer Simpson would say, alcohol, booze, wine. I'm not going to name all the booze because we'd be here literally all day. You will hear me reintroduce this episode in a second when I recorded the episode live with live with uh, Jackie Strum, my guest today. But I just wanted to mention two things. The first is last week I said that Megan Ellie was going to be on the show this week. She is caught up in the Hurricane Florence at the moment. If you're listening currently, I hope everyone is okay and doing well. I know it's been a really trying time for many of our Bride Chiller listeners, so I wanted to send you special love. Um, Megan and I will hopefully catch up in the next couple of days to record that episode, and I will bring that to you ASAP. Also, during this episode, there was a little bit of audio interference in uh, Jackie's audio channel, not to get too complicated with you guys, but I have done my best to try and remove some of those little noises. I don't think it's terrible, but I just want to acknowledge it because uh, I strive for audio perfection, which doesn't exist just like wedding planning perfection. But sometimes technology just fucks you around and makes you go slightly crazy. And I think Jackie brings so much valuable, fabulous information that it's worth uh, just powering on. There it is. We've all got a power on. I've had a powering on sort of fucking week. I'll just tell you that just to unload a little bit. Rich has been away at a conference in Switzerland and I've been home alone, which is fine. I'm very good at being home alone. I'm an only child. I like my own company, but my day job's been slightly hellish and I just want to be at home doing bride chiller. So I don't know. You've just got to keep working. You've got to keep hustling. And as I said, you've got to keep powering on and eventually all our dreams will come true. I can't promise that. If you would like to submit a question for Bride Chiller Q&A, there is another episode coming up in a couple of weeks. All you need to do is visit thebridechiller.com. Head to, uh, there's a little thing on the right-hand side. You can navigate a website. I don't have to go through how to navigate a website because that would be ridiculous. And like an old people. Now I want you to then get your right click, take the, take the mouse up to the right-hand side. Wow. This is what being alone for a week does to me. I go to work and talk to work people, which is great. They're my friends. But it also leaves me a little bit in need of communicating on a normal, I quote unquote, normal level with people that understand and and get me on a casual at home level. So that's you guys. That's you today. Rich is home in like seven hours. I'm excited. So good luck to him. I'm like a little puppy as he comes through the door. Okay, enough wasting your time. Let's get on to the episode. And thank you to everyone who jumped on board and submitted questions as well for this episode because it sort of turned into an alcohol Q&A, which is fabulous. On we go. If you want to see a total shitstorm, then may I suggest to you, you go to any wedding forum and you Google, you search within the forum, cash bars, and just watch the storm explode. It's fabulous, it's fun, and you see the worst of the human race. Today's episode of the Pride Chiller podcast is all about alcohol, wine, lovely drinks, cocktails, all of the bits and pieces that can sometimes cause confusion when it comes to wedding planning. 
there's lots of uh, lots of questions that are in the Bride Chiller podcast community. And today I was very happy to hear from a good friend of the podcast, lovely Jackie Strum, who is the founder of I think one of the most cleverest clever lady businesses around and that is <laughs> Thirsty Nest. You would have heard her in uh, on episode 271 where we talked about just it was called Wedding Alcohol, Know Your Booze. I really like that title. Uh, Jackie, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be back. I'm excited to have you back and congratulations on the birth of Ethan. Well done you for having a baby Thank you. <laughs> and running a business and hustling the hell out of it. Thanks. They're both babies in my life. So. <laughs> you birthed two babies and you've got to keep them both alive and keeping them thriving and you're doing it exactly. very well. Um, a Thirsty Nest, as I said, is one of those businesses that when you launched it, I was like, man, that's a clever idea. Why hasn't 50 other people done that? And that's what's so great about a great business idea that you were like, well, duh, of course. Can you share, remind everyone what Thirsty Nest is and um, a little bit about the evolution of how how it came about and your skills and expertise? Sure. So um, I've actually grown up in the wine service industry. It's always been a part of my life. Um, my family founded wine enthusiast companies uh, before I was born. So I've been essentially in the wine industry since birth. Um, and uh, I was lucky enough to get engaged a couple of years ago. And I had been living with my fiance for a few years. Um, and we already had a, a nice apartment together. I was almost 30 years old. And I started going through the process that everybody goes through where you're given a, a gift gun and you walk through a department store. And I started realizing I just didn't really need all these things that were on the list because either we had them already because we were almost 30 years old. We were functioning adults. Um, <laughs> and uh, I didn't really want to store china and crystal and all these um kind of exorbitant things that i either didn't have the space for didn't have need for or already mm. had with my husband or fiance at the time so i started looking into this and realized that it was a common experience because people are getting married so much older these days um i thought to myself well what's the only thing i would love more of <laughs> and that i know <laughs> from my experience is a really wonderful gift, um, is wine and spirits. So I started looking around and I just couldn't find the option anywhere. And that's sort of where the whole concept for Thirsty Nest began. It's the only really modern uh, answer to registering for wine and spirits for the modern couple. I love the idea. And the website's gorgeous. You've got lots of really fun accessories as well with cocktail making things and, uh, you know, the wine, the, the boozy carts that I am obsessed with. And honestly, I'd fill my house with them if we had any room. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's just as, as I would say, being a classy broad, it's classy stuff that, uh, you know, you've got a really good eye for, for design and just nice things that I think will, people can keep for many a year. And, um, look like they're Don Draper, but non, non-alcoholic Don Draper. Yeah. <laughs> Just about how he dresses and drinks, maybe. Of course, <laughs> the when Don Draper's healthy and having a great life. Now, Jackie, we've got lots to talk about, but hilariously, I put out a very quick message on the Bride Chiller community this afternoon, just saying, hi, I've got Jackie on the show. Any questions about alcohol or booze? And it went off. You're a member of the community. You saw it. People... <laughs> have a lot to ask and a lot to say. So yeah. this wasn't originally going to be an episode that we sort of do a bunch of Q&A, but now I feel like 
we're obliged because they're awesome questions. And mm. now I have you here. I'm going to keep you and get you to answer all of their <laughs> questions. <laughs> Happy to answer them. And, and I love some... the community, by the way. Everyone's oh. so wonderful in there. It's so much fun. It is a great place. And, and, and I'm, thank you for being a part of it. We've got lots of great vendors and experts. And I think what makes it work so much is having members like you who jump in and answer questions and, you know, there are so many other places where people are really salesy and it's sort of like, ugh. whereas just our <laughs> experts are just experts and they come in and they go, here, this is what I think. Here's, here's right. your advice. Bye. So um, <laughs> not that bye, but, you know, no one's trying to shove anything down anyone's throat, which is just really right. nice, except for cake. And we love that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Bride Chiller Katrina says, Jackie, are people going to lose their shit if I don't serve Prosecco? We're bringing in all our own booze since we have no, no corkage at the venue and we are planning beer, wine, gin and rum and serving actual cocktails for cocktail hour. But everyone I tell looks shocked and appalled at my <laughs> lack of bubbles. Is, it, is a Prosecco-free wedding a problem? I, hmm. I feel like she's got a lot of extra booze there. Yeah, I'm not sure that it's a problem necessarily. I mean, it sounds like it's reflecting your personality as a couple, which is probably the most important thing that you want. And as long as you have some offerings for everybody, and even like, I mean, beer is sparkling in its own right. And uh, maybe people people can make spritzes with some of the uh, like seltzer combined with Aperol or Campari or even the, the gin, you can make like a sparkling punch. I think there are other options that don't have to just be straight Prosecco. Um, and, uh, I think people will just have fun as long as the wine and beer is delicious and it sounds like it's on theme with you guys and what you guys like. That's probably the best thing to do. I think it's a very sensible answer. And also I've been to so many weddings where people are like, oh, I just hold the Prosecco or the champagne because you're supposed to toast with it, but I don't even like drinking it. And I'm like, oh my God, you heathen <laughs> for a start, but also I think there are a lot of people that just do that and then just find the beer or the wine or the other drinks and don't actually even drink the bubbles, which, you know, absolutely devastating. Yeah, I think it's really the power (laughs) of suggestion. If people see Prosecco on a menu, sure, they'll order it. But if they don't see it, if they just see wines and beers that they like, that's what they're going to order. And people probably won't even think about it. Um, Or hopefully they won't. Yeah. I like dancing the, anyway, so. Of course they will. They'll be like, whoa, we've had some actual cocktails. I like that, I like yeah. that Katrina's like, we have actual cocktails. Because <laughs> I, I do think sometimes when you, when they say it's cocktail hour and there are no cocktails, I always get a bit sad. It's like, oh, yes. you use the word cocktail. Where's my cocktail? Yeah, they're lying <laughs> to you. <laughs> <laughs> um, Rachel, uh, Bride Chiller Rachel also said about uh, toast. She also had a question about toast in a similar sense that, that she said, can you toast with signature cocktails? Do you need to have champagne for toasts? I, I feel like we've just sort of answered that, but I feel like that's mm. just not necessary, is it? A, booze, a, a toast, you can toast with water if you have to. Absolutely. Especially, as you mentioned, I just had a baby coming off of being pregnant. Uh, I would definitely not be toasting with champagne if I was there uh, when I was pregnant. So I think as long as you're holding something in a glass, it works for a toast. And that's that. Same yeah. idea. Toast is the whole idea of raising the glass and clinking it and go, hey, making whatever yeah. toasting noise you make, isn't it? It's bringing people together. It's more than just the liquid in the glass, really. Um, sounds like this also is going to reflect their personality, their signature drink. So that's a perfect thing to toast with. Good job. 
Now, I am personally, I am going to say I actually uh, relate to our next question because I am not a beer drinker. I am not against beer. I've just never really been into it and I'll have a sip. But if you ask me to look at, taste one beer compared to another beer, I'd be a bit lost. It'll just taste like beer, which I know mm-hmm. uh, my lovely friend, uh, uh, Erica, who I work with here at Bride Chiller, she does our, she's our content editor on the blog. She's a big craft beer fan and she, mm-hmm. I can hear her already saying, Alicia, that's a terrible thing to say. So Bride Chiller Shannon says, uh, we are having a cocktail hour after the ceremony and plan to have an open bar for beer and wine. The problem is that my fiancé and I do not drink beer, so we don't know what brand uh, and kind of kegs to buy besides maybe one of cider. What yeah. are the top crowd-pleasing kinds of beer, assuming an invite list of over 400, but she estimates 250 are attending? Are you a beer person, Jackie? Have I put you? Have I just thrown you under the beer bus? No, I well, so I, I actually asked a few questions to our beer expert um, before coming on, just to be yes. sure I was covered. <laughs> um, I wouldn't call myself uh, as she's not. She's exceptionally knowledgeable, um, Lauren Buzio. She works on the magazine of the other side of the business, who writes all about beer. I'm not as knowledgeable as her, but thank you, Lauren. She's amazing. Uh, I'd say the most common would be. Uh, kind of a pale ale style is the most mm-hmm. common um, or a log lager is like a Stella or even um, Budweiser. Those are like lagers, those kind of traditional like mass market brands. Of course, there's lots of craft options that are really popular, but a lager style is typically super refreshing, really light in style. Um, so I would recommend either a lager or a pale ale, but um, really the best thing to do is just to go to a really good beer store and ask for their recommendation because those guys are being pitched day in and day out for things to pick up at their store. Um, and so they're probably much more experts of the expert than you even realize. Um, so I would usually say certainly one light beer and then on the other end, one that's slightly darker, like a brown ale, which would be like a Newcastle um, or an amber ale, which is similar to like a, a flat tire. Um, I'm not sure if these are all distributed in the uh, states or countries where you're based, but those mm-hmm. are the styles that you can recommend. So a pale ale or lager, so a light option, and a uh, brown or amber ale is sort of the darker option. And those will really cover your bases. I think everybody can find something between those styles of beer. Um, and I think you're actually going the extra mile by having a cider. I feel like that's pretty trendy. <laughs> oh, I so love I, a cider. I love a yeah, cider love so much, too. Jackie. I feel like I, cider's really had a bit of a renaissance, and, and, and I feel like, um, you know, there's, there's this sweet I, – I look, I'm going to be a bit of a cider snob here. Just just watch out. But the idea that, you know, the recording and all those sort of quite sweet lolly water ciders, mm-hmm. and now you've got these lovely dry – craft ciders that are sort of the the peri you know the peri and um Mm -hmm. the pear ciders the french ciders that living in london we get a lot of um imports from europe but i know in australia uh where i'm from if you didn't know my accent um (laughs) i i grew up in tasmania uh, and it's Mm -hmm. called they refer to tasmania as the apple isle and bizarrely for years and years they just sold apples as apples and they exported them and every year we'd go home, we're like, why the hell are Tasmanians not producing amazing cider? We've got, we're such a hipster, arty community in Tassie. Yeah. And then a couple of trips back to Australia ago, it just, we were like, oh my God, everyone's making cider. And it's some of the best cider I've ever had. 
Wow. Um, it's like they've just woken up and realized we've got all these apples and everyone's living this hipster, artistic, you know, barista lifestyle down there. And they're like, fuck, That's we can make cool. cider. So uh-huh. um, I just want to say if you're in Australia and you're not drinking Tassie cider, what are you doing with your life? Um, <laughs> but <laughs> but it's really nice to have a classy cider because I think it's actually a great mixture of um, it's light, it's fresh. Mm-hmm. And uh, very pleasant to drink on a warm evening. Oh, some some of them even taste like champagne to me if they're really they well made and dry. I just they're so refreshing and elegant. They're in Ooh. the same league. I love talking to you because you use proper words to describe alcohol. Where I'm just like, that's classy, <laughs> that tastes nice, and you're like, it's elegant. Oh, <laughs> I need to write down all your your lovely words so next time I'm drinking with friends, I can sound like I know what I'm talking about. You say elegant. It's elegant. Mm, it's, it's very full. It's full of, it's a robust flavor. Lush. It's lush. Oh, I hope everyone's writing this down. Now, um, Jackie, I know that wine is your area of interest particularly, yep. and I know that we had a lot of questions about um, how to select wine. I know this is a huge topic, and it depends, as you said, where you live um, and what people should be looking for. Um, Bride Chiller Rachel asked, uh, she said that they are buying their own alcohol. Congratulations to everyone who who uh, has managed to get a venue where they can buy their own booze, by the way. It's a huge achievement because it gives you so much more opportunity, I suppose, mm-hmm. to do what you want to do and also get some good deals. Uh, yes. Ra- Rachel says, I love beer. Well done. But I am just a casual wine drinker. How do we go about choosing wines? Do you have any suggestions on where to buy in bulk? That's a double Absolutely. question for you. Go nuts. Yeah. How do you choose one? So, well, again, depends on your taste a little bit, but also you want to make sure you're picking crowd pleasers. Um, in the U.S., I think there's nothing wrong with going to Costco. They have an incredible selection. They do. Um, we, I actually have met the woman who picks their wines, and she is super knowledgeable, um, and they have, like, really good deals. But another really fun way to select your wine would be to actually go to local wineries um, and then they'll, you'll probably get an even better deal. Um, so depending on where you're based, actually every state in the U.S. has a winery of some sort. doesn't mean it's your favorite winery, but it's <laughs> much more accessible than you may realize. So if you go to a winery, you guys can actually taste wines together, make it a fun date. Um, and then you're really much more likely to get a better deal because you're going right to the source. So I don't have to give any money to like the, the store itself or the distributors and getting a, a good good deal i think i we did that we went to a um a beautiful winery called shore and smith and actually i've seen it in the states and i've definitely seen it here in the uk it's a really great winery but i just wrote an email and i went hi love your stuff do you sell uh-huh. direct and they were so accommodating and we got a really good deal and they even sent us some fantastic magnums to put on oh, our that's amazing. Um, table yeah for free and i was just like this is great. They're the size of my head and it's my favorite wine. Couldn't be, <laughs> couldn't be any happier than that I was at that moment. So yeah, I yeah, think it's a that's great, great suggestion. Idea. They were yeah. very, and they were stoked. They were, I mean, they're a big, I suppose in Australia, they're quite a popular winery, but they were so nice and they were, they were very um, happy that we had chosen them. So I agree. Fantastic. Um, Okie dokie. Let's, I, I love this question because I think more people should be doing this, but maybe I want to hear your feedback a little bit on this, Jackie. Mm-hmm. Booze before the ceremony. Bride Chiller Katie asked, thoughts on alcohol being available 
available, sounds like I've had some wine, before, <laughs> I haven't, the ceremony, e.g. an open wine bar or glass of champs while you're waiting for the ceremony to start. Is it a nice touch or a bit too boozy? Hmm. I think this is a great question. Um, I personally love it when people do this, uh, but I don't think it's a necessity. I think it's a, just a nice extra. Um, everybody who's coming are all hopefully grown-ups, so they should be able to manage their intake enough to not go too crazy before the ceremony. Um, and there probably won't be too long of a time before, so it's a nice thing to have, especially if you're worried that you might stay a little late or if you're unsure if um, people will be arriving late. Um it's a nice way to just have more time for your family and friends to talk to each other and kind of get a little bit loosened up before. So I think there's definitely nothing wrong with it. And it's a really nice touch. I think it's a lovely idea. I think as you yeah. said, as long as there's some control, I suppose that they're not there for four hours beforehand, like, Bleh, you know, it's just all exactly going nuts. So it's quite nice to have um, a little bit of a little bit of champs. I'm never going to say no to a bit of champs. Exactly. Yeah. I would not be upset about it is all I'll say. <laughs> I think you know how we feel about champs. This is the Bride Chiller podcast today. I'm delighted to be welcoming back Jackie from the fabulous Thirsty Nest. We are going to be talking more about your questions and also a little bit about pre-wedding events. We've got some great ideas about how you can incorporate alcohol as gifts or also how you can acquire more alcohol, good stuff, as gifts before your big day. This is Bride Chiller, and there will be more after this very short break. Jackie, um, before we go back to the questions, you originally, before we, when we arranged to talk, we had a whole other topic that we were going to discuss, and I still want to talk about that topic. <laughs> uh, and <laughs> But we just have so many great questions, and you are so good at answering them. Um, but I would love to hit this, this, uh, this talk topic, and it was about bridal showers. Tell me about what our original chat was going to be about, because I think it's a great idea. Absolutely. So uh, there's this new trend that I'm sort of obsessed with called um, stock the bar uh, bridal showers or just showers in general. They're tending to be more gender neutral at this point, especially between the both the bride and the groom. Um, and they're kind of a replacement for the general, you know, traditional shower they're buying all the pots pans mm. um, mixers all the things that you may already have um, and similar to the whole reason we started thirsty nest i found this seemed like the perfect idea for the next generation of brides um, so essentially they help you create your entire wine and home bar collection as a gift um, so everyone can pick either a specific bottle of wine or spirits or even the tools you use to make your cocktails. And it's really the perfect thing to use thirstiness for, uh, additionally. Um, and this sort of started in the South in the U.S. and has really made its way up as a more progressive and kind of alternative take on the bridal shower. I love it. And we had friends that did it years ago and they had a lovely little addition where they bought some tags. And as you came into the party, you'd put the tag on the bottle of wine and you'd write a little note. And then they said, we're going to drink this wine with everyone who has purchased this wine for us. We want to join them in a meal in the years to come and we're going to drink this wine. And mm -hmm. they did it. And it was great. I remember we went along and had a, um, shared the bottle of champagne. We bought them and, and um, it was just such a nice way to gift them something, but also it really made us have that date later on down the track and, so and catch up. It was so great and it was so simple and 
it was also nice because you didn't know there was nothing about having to buy something really fancy and expensive. You just buy a great bottle of booze. People were buying liquor as well. It wasn't just wine. Although right. their nights probably got a little messier than our nights. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. But that's such a cute idea. <laughs> and uh, It was really good. It's, it's wonderful because it turns the gift into an experience. It's not just something that collects dust in your cabinet and it makes it like this really actionable moment with your friends, whether it's like you're saying, Alicia, where it's something you do in the future or it's just a memory you have um, yeah. that's associated with someone. I mean, you know you're going to use it, unlike some gifts that kind of sit around for years. Um, nobody's upset about a bottle of wine. <laughs> no, exactly. It's not going to go off. Although sometimes uh, we like to go, oh, we got to drink it. It's going to go off, but it's just an excuse right. to drink it. <laughs> well, I will say that it's nice to create a mix of wines, some that will age so that you can keep them around for uh, anniversaries or uh, big moments like when you buy your first house together or maybe right after you come home from the hospital and the baby's born. <laughs> um, it's, uh, it's really nice to have some special bottles that you've saved from your wedding because uh, they just continue to get better. And that's a whole different kind of wine I would recommend registering for um, than your weekly wine, which is something that you have like a, just on a random Wednesday because you had a tough day. Oh, um, I love and that weekly wine. The weekly wine. I, I probably shouldn't even call it that, but that's, <laughs> you, can you call know, it that. weekday wine. <laughs> I think we all know we've got our weekly wine. There's a bottle of rosé with my name on it in the fridge exactly. that I, and it's just a little, I know, you know, I'm not a bit of, uh, we always sort of joke, we're not big weeknight drinkers because we're mainly just, you know, doing podcast interviews and Richard's away at a conference at the moment. We're, we're workers, but sometimes you're just like, I need that little, <laughs> needs probably the wrong way to say it, but it just takes the edge off when you have a little glass of something and you go, oh, relax and watch some Netflix and not think about anything else. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Something more casual than yes. something you feel guilty opening because your great aunt got it for you and wants you to save it until your fifth anniversary. So Oy there's vey. kind of a place for those different kinds of wines i would say special wines that are probably not weekly wines now yeah. lots of questions <laughs> lots of questions we had did the the community are asking about bartenders and I, I love all the bartender questions i know this is not necessarily specifically your bag but i'm sure you've got an opinion about it um bride chiller renee says if your wedding is mostly diy should we look into hiring a bartender? We were thinking of just putting out cocktails in those big beverage dispensers, but guests may go a bit overboard if it is not monitored. What are your thoughts? Um, well, I actually did something similar at my wedding because I felt like it was a nice communal feeling to put a bottle of wine on every table. Mm. Um, so I think there's a place for it uh, as long as, I mean, everyone knows their own family best, but as long as it's spread out in a way where there's not going to be a lot of bottlenecking, I think that's the biggest problem is you have, if you have one pitcher for a very large group of people, mm. um, you'll just have a line. Mm. But if there's a way to spread it out, like I've seen people take wheelbarrows and fill them with ice and put open bottles of wine in them. And then you say, like, help yourself or you can set up a tap for with different beers and uh, even wine comes in kegs now. So you could set up all of those in a line Amazing. and people can help themselves. Um, I think as long as you know your family best, they can control themselves and you don't think it'll create a long line um, in one spot. Uh, I think it's a wonderful way to cut costs and make it feel still like a, a celebratory moment where they're getting their drink. 
at our wedding, we had a, a caterer, caterer and um, they did supply a bartender, but we did the same thing where they were also the bartender that was just going around and collecting glasses. So this guy was really working a lot. But mm-hmm. in the day when we arrived at our venue, because we, we, we got to sleep at the venue, it was at a house that we hired for a weekend, we saw this old cast iron bath. In, mm. It was in the bush, so it was the Australian bush. So you've got to imagine lots of trees, and it was just there <sighs> off to the side of the house. And I'm like, the bath, we need to get the bath, we'll fill it with ice. Yeah. And we're like, great, we'll go and pick it up. This fucking bath would have weighed, I don't know. <laughs> Oh my god! The boys were all like, "Yeah, yeah, we'll be, well, we'll do it, we'll do it." Big strong guys, and uh, it took like seven of them to carry this bath. <laughs> oh my god, that's crazy! Yeah, it and sounds it looked, like really cool looking. It was, it was fantastic. We filled it with ice. We put all the booze in there, and then of course, uh, you know, it was great because the bartender was doing the cocktails and pouring wine. But then you could go along and grab a beer. But then I still remember the day after the wedding, we had to move the bath back to where it was, and everyone's oh hung over going, "Fuck you." bath back but it was a great it was a a lovely um it looked cool but you know cast iron baths I think the title of the bath might give away that it's quite heavy right exactly but it sounds (laughs) like it was like a perfect Instagram kind of moment with a bath full of beer (laughs) I mean Jackie if Instagram existed but I got married it would have been great (laughs) so old I'm not that old stop saying you're old Alicia um (laughs) uh okay also question The question that comes back when we talked about it last episode and I talked about it in the intro and I'm going to talk about it again. Bride Chiller Christine says, we decided to do a cash bar to keep costs down and invite more people. We noted it on our RSVPs. We read through forums and we found that people consider it quote unquote tacky. What do we do? Oh, fucking tacky. I hate that word, by the way. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So um, this, is, this is a conversation I know we had last time, but let's have it again because I know that it's, as I said, it really gets people funny, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. I think because, <laughs> you know, it, going to a wedding in and of itself is expensive. People uh-huh. feel like almost like they're owed a party that they can enjoy. Um, whether that's right or wrong, I do feel like that's a sentiment sometimes. So in my view is that it's always good to do a little something open bar, even if it's very limited. Um, and even if that means you have to cut down on a few invites, uh, but there's a way to do it that's not um, really cutting into your budget so much. Uh, we actually got this recommendation from a friend where you take boxed wine and you put it in carafes um, so that they they don't know that it's boxed wine and no one will be the wiser. But people feel, you know, like they're being given something nice to enjoy the celebration a little bit. Um so there are definitely ways to do a very limited bar that still feels like you're being generous to your guests. And uh, I, another recommendation I always give is to just do beer and wine and make a signature cocktail that's in a um, like one of those spigoted mason jars or a punch or something like that. Um, that we don't have a full open bar, which I, we all know is very expensive. Uh, so that's what I would recommend. I'm sure if you changed your policy for your wedding no one would be upset that there was suddenly some free wine at the wedding <laughs> no i agree and i also think one point that it always comes out is if it's cash bar and it's actual cash you should really let people know mm-hmm. that cards aren't accepted and if there's not an atm close by this is just stuff people should know because people get really shitty if they're expecting a drink and then if they're even if they're aware of having to pay cash bar some people think that it might be credit card bar when actually it's physical cash so just right. let them know. 
let them know. Yeah, especially now, no one uses cash these days. It seems. You know what? I've been caught a few times, like at coffee shops, and you know, I like wine, but I really like coffee. And when I'm in the、mm-hmm. stage of going, "Hey, I have a flat white, please," and they're like, "It's cash only," and I go into some sort of Existential crisis because I'm just like, oh, so now I have a special five pounds that I tuck into the back of my wallet just in case, which is just coffee <laughs> money. <laughs> That's a good idea, actually. I should do that. Oh, it's it's really saved me on a couple of special occasions where I've really needed. What about the ratio of liquor, wine, and beer?、Um, Bride Chiller Molly says. Let's talk about that. She says my friends are drinkers, so we are all having、Hi. we're having all three at the open bar. I work for a brewery. Oh, that's handy. So the beer will、yeah. be provided. Oh, she's a good person to know. But I don't want to get two kegs and have the beer totally ignored since there is also liquor available.、Um, mm. So she says,、uh, for my June wedding, it is fair to say seventy-five percent white wine and twenty-five percent red wine? Question mark. Thanks. So、uh, lots of things here. Yes, I, th-、uh, I think that that's. Pretty accurate, seventy-five percent, maybe a little less on the white. And I would wonder if rosé is an option because people just—I、oh, yeah. mean—they just plow through rosé.、Um, but I, I usually recommend to,、uh, if you're having wine, beer, and liquor to have half wine and then split the rest between spirits and beer.、Uh-huh. Um, and then if it's a summer wedding, certainly want a lot more white. So it sounds like she's actually pretty close to the ratio.、Um, I would say, and I do actually think. A keg of wine would really be a great option if she has kegs of beer, so that it can all be next to each other.、Um, and、uh, again, going straight to a winery is a good way to do that,、um, and it cuts down on garbage. A lot of that,、um, in terms of not only recycling for the environment, but a lot of work for the caterers. I do recommend kegs as well if she's already going to be having them. It's such a great idea, and you're right. The environmental consequences are far less. It's such a good point, and, and、mm-hmm. you know what? I think. The、uh, rosé has become so popular; it's crackerjack crazy. Yeah, it's incredible. I mean, everybody and their mother has their own rosé at this point. I didn't even realize all these celebrities as well that were so into wine now have their own rosé. It's incredibly uh, popular. Um, but you know what? The more the merrier in my mind. So I'm happy to have it. Now, look, what two questions that have come up? Well, numerous people ask this question. I think it's good that we discuss it. As well,、um, and that is、uh, Bradshaw Sarah and Bradshaw Fiona both asked about how to host an open bar when you have members of the family that are suffering from alcoholism and have issues with alcohol, especially when people are in recovery and you're very aware of it. This is a、right. tricky one, and I th- I suppose we talked about this off air. We both want to say we're not psychologists. We are obviously not. Experts, we're providing an opinion. But obviously, you need to seek professional opinions if you need to do that. So,、right. go for it, Jackie. Not going to throw you down the the hole now. Go for it, Jackie. <laughs> Give your opinion. Well, yeah, I think、uh, I think if the folks are in your friends and family,、um, they probably don't want to be treated any differently than anybody、mm. else. That's for sure. And I'm sure in other challenging situations that are similar and that where they're tested, so this won't be the first time it's happened for them. I'm sure. So. I would try to not make them feel like they're the reason for any changes or or really singled out in any way. And the best thing you can do is make sure there are options for them. Being pregnant is not similar, but it is similar in that you can't drink. And、um, mm. I cannot tell you how frustrating it is to go to a party and realize there's nothing but water for you. Yes.、Um, so making sure that you think about that and think about what the experience is like for them. There is this huge trend of non-alcoholic cocktails.、Mm. Um, there's this great 
called Seedlip that is a mixer, non-alcoholic mixer that just, I think you mix it with like salter and it makes like a really wonderful version of a spritzer, uh, but there's no alcohol in it. And it's um, like really artisanally made and delicious. And I think it's wonderful options. So there's definitely creative ways to make sure they don't feel left out and that they still have something they can hold in their hand. Cause that's really what it's all about is feeling like you're a part of the group. You're holding a drink also, and um, you're not singled out. Yeah. And I think also, I know that um, Bride Chilla Tony said, what are our thoughts on dry weddings as well? And I, I, my thoughts were going to be the same sort of saying, if you, if you're not having booze at all, just make sure you've got really fun not non-alcoholic drinks and as you said there are so many great options you can get creative with mocktails fruit sparkly things colorful it doesn't you know you don't have to have booze to have a good time and you don't have to have booze to have a fancy fabulous drink absolutely last questions last questions danielle bride chiller danielle wants to ask about corking fees do we know much about corking fees? I'm not an expert in this area. Yeah. When uh, when you go to any venue or even a restaurant, it's the same way. A lot of them make their money off of the wine and spirits that they're selling. So if you're going to ask to bring it in yourself, they're going to ask you to pay a fee to open each bottle, which isn't because it's so hard to open a bottle, obviously. <laughs> it's because they're losing out on that money that helps them stay open and function as a business. Um, so what they're really asking is, can you kind of supplement the fact that you're saving money and bringing in your own wine and spirits and pay per bottle that's opened. I find you'll typically still save money, even if you have to pay a corkage fee. And additionally, you can um, negotiate the fee pretty, uh, pretty aggressively if you're going to be using them for everything else. So don't say yes to the first thing they tell you, make sure to say like, okay, we'll, we'll spend more on this thing or see if there's something else. Give them a little bit of leeway. So they still feel like they're making money on the event that you said that because also Danielle did say that they have negotiated a corking fee per bottle for the dinner hour from her caterer and then she says they've negotiated that the corking fee will be removed after dinner so she has said to add to that we're getting my favorite bottle of wine which is a twist top and we're going to leave it on the table for people to serve themselves so obviously they've gone in with your suggestions and said hey we'll pay it during the dinner hour but Mm -hmm. after that it's freezies yeah. And that's, that's a great solution. It's like, she got a really good deal. Actually. Sounds like a fun wedding. <laughs> She's a bride chiller. I like it. We go in hard, but we respect the rules, but we push the limits a little bit. <laughs> Jackie, I feel like we have achieved, achieved, achieved. I feel like we've answered a lot of questions. I've learned things. I'm ready for my weekly wine. <laughs> Wonderful. Your weekly wine. <laughs> Well, I'd love to come back and do this again sometime. If you ever have some more questions, happy to go through them with you. This was so much fun. I know we will have lots of questions. If we we got 40 questions in the space of two hours today, I think (laughs) we will not struggle for more questions in the future. So let's book it in. uh, And uh, if you do have a wine or alcohol, not just wine, any sort of drinks, booze-related questions, and also gifting to go back to what Thirsty Nest is so good at. It's finding fabulous wines. And I, we didn't mention before that, you know, you do offer a really good service in helping people select great wines. And I love the descriptions on your website are not fancy pants. Like anyone could go, even if you're not a wine drinker, you can go and learn about wine and not feel like it's confusing or pretentious. And I think that's what is so appealing about what you do. So congratulations again, but also if you are looking for a great registry or if you're looking for a great gift for friends and family, I think what you do is really good. There it is. Thanks so much. 
Oh, I really appreciate it. Well, I, I love supporting my fellow entrepreneurs, especially ladypreneurs, and um, you are one of them. So bloody good for you. <laughs> thanks so much. And thanks for having me on. My pleasure. And, and also, final plugs. Where do we go? What do we do? And um, I don't know if you've got anything on offer, but if you do, plug it. <laughs> Absolutely. So definitely <laughs> check us out at uh, thirstynest.com, um, not just for registering, but if you ever have any questions, feel free to email us at hello at thirstynest.com. Um, and we just want to make sure everybody feels like we're kind of like your friend helping you pick out wine. So we want to help to guide you through the process. So if you ever feel intimidated, just ask a question. We're here to help. Good, good, good. Love it. Thank you so much, Jackie. And um, we will talk again before the year is out and we'll answer more lovely questions. Sounds great. Thanks so much. Thank you. Happy days, everyone. The Bride Chiller Podcast. The only place a cookie cutter should be used is in the kitchen. Am I right? I think the Bride Chiller Wedding Planning Survival Guide and Fuel Guides are the best books on the market. For those people who would like to plan a wedding minus the bullshit, you know why? Not just because I wrote them and put my heart and soul into making these books happen. It was because at every point of the writing journey, I went to the Bride Chiller community and asked what you wanted, what you needed. And I put them all in the book. Or books, they're books by you, by me, for you. Well, that's confusing. BrideChillerStore.com is where you'll find it. Need to work on my brand messaging. Happy days.